0: Welcome back. This is part two of our conversation with naming guru, Mike Carr. If you haven't heard part one, stop and head back. I promise you it's worth a listen. So let's review. One, in order to conceive a great name, you have to ask yourself an important question. Who is the name for? And most of the time it's not you. Once you figure out who it is for, Is there someone in that group you trust you can ask for help? Two, remember to always go in with an open mind and a positive attitude. Don't be afraid of out of the box names. And remember to always allow yourself to go outside of your comfort zone.
1: We'll tell them, you're not gonna like most of these names. Uh, You'll hate some, and if you don't hate some, we really haven't done our job because we're trying to push your comfort zone right up to the edge and actually a little bit beyond, in all kinds of different directions.
0: Let's move on. But first, I'm James Darty and this is Name Changers.
1: But the idea is focus, 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 and then come up with a name that just nails it, right? If you want to go down that path, and that's just one of the styles and paths of naming. But if you're small and you're just starting out, you know, you want a name that, that clearly conveys something that's hopefully relevant to what sets you apart from your competitors, that's relevant to your customers, that's interesting to them, and that's sustainable over time. And if you try to put too much in a name, then it ends up doing nothing very well and it gets lost in all the noise that's out there.
0: The more complicated a name, the harder it is to make it work for you. This is why most company names are one or two words. So you don't want it to be too complicated, but you don't want it to be too specific either in case you don't know what your company will be doing in the future. Say there were a company that was making chairs and they want to move on to making more things like couches and more pieces of furniture, but their name ended up being Chairmaker or something. Do you think a name that's like specific to that can hurt a company or do you think that adds to the intrigue?
1: Um, we've had both situations over the years. I mean, so we've had clients come to us where their name was just flat misleading, right? It just didn't make sense. And there was really no way to create a story around their existing name because their new services and products were so different, in which case you just can't salvage it. But we've seen lots of examples, um, where there was a very clever transition that kept the name relevant, and a great one that I can think of is Southwest Airlines. I mean, when Southwest Airlines got started, and I was in Dallas, so I mean, I'm familiar with this, because I grew up when Southwest Airlines was growing up. You know, it was an airline that that basically flew between Dallas and Houston, San Antonio, and Austin, and then it grew, so the adjacent states, but it was clearly about the southwestern part of the U.S., right? You know, pretty much Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, now Southwest Airlines flies all over the country. It carries more passengers than any other airline, which I had no idea about. I read that the other day. I think it was either passengers or passenger miles. I don't remember what the metric was, but on some metric, Southwest Airlines is the largest airlines in the country, which blew me away. Hmm. Well, so what did they do? Because Southwest, you would think, wouldn't work for someone that's flying between New York and Boston, right, or LA to San Francisco. Yeah. Well, they converted the meaning from Southwest being the geog- geography to Southwest being the personality, right? But there's an element of fun and playfulness and whimsicalness to flying a Southwest uh, flight that you don't really see on most of the big carriers, right? They'll make up the announcements, you know, or they'll have some catchy, you know, sing song to get you to pay attention when they're going through the seatbelt seat thing. Uh, and they do other things that are a bit unique to that Southwest personality and spirit of fun and we want you guys to enjoy the flight. And so that was very successful. And I think even today, Southwest is known for being a, a more fun, enjoyable way to fly than a lot of the other carriers that are out there. So you you do have in some situations that opportunity if you're clever and you can make it real and authentic. But I think there are other cases where, yes, you know, if, if you are called chairmaster or whatever, and all of a sudden you're making something radically different, uh, that name's kind of probably getting in the way. You know, people won't even consider buying a bed from you or a nightstand or who knows what, because all they associate with you is the fact you build chairs and nothing else.
0: So let's see a real-world example from Mike.
1: A lot of our millennials think this is just an incredibly cool name that, that we got to name was Angry Orchard for Boston Beer. Ah, I love that. I mean. Because it was at the time, it was a very different name. I mean, first of all, why would Boston Beer, you know, they make Sam Adams? Why would a beer company come out with a a cider, and it's a hard cider, and the name doesn't even sound like a hard cider? You know, Angry Orchard. I guess you could say the orchard maybe takes you to to cider, but why angry? But they were they were very smart in how they marketed and the graphics they wrapped around it. So we can't take any of the credit really for how they launched that. But the name at least gave them the positioning or the potential to really catch the attention of their target, who was a female, you know, 20-something, 30-something-year-old who wanted to drink with the guys but didn't enjoy drinking beer because either it didn't taste good, had too many carbs, um, too many calories, who knows what, right? So a hard cider is a sweeter, it tends to be lighter, it may not have as much alcohol, it's a more drinkable beverage, and it's still very appropriate, you know, to ask for an angry orchard at the bar or in the restaurant or whatever it is. So that name, to me, I think was, was a fun name to work on. Um, they weren't enamored with that name right off the bat, right? So like so many other clients, you know, it takes some getting used to when there's nothing like that name out there in the category. And you throw that out on the table, and there's that pregnant pause, and you don't really know whether they just absolutely hate it, whether they love it, or whether they'll at least consider it. And usually the best you can hope for on a name that's that far out is they're going to consider it.
0: Mike's firm always includes some out-of-the-box names in their proposals. You shouldn't be afraid of crazy names, because at the very least, they could start a conversation.
1: You don't want to go with a safe name. You want to go with a name that some people hate. I'm not talking about dislike. I'm talking about there's this reaction that deep in your gut that that is the worst name in the world. (laughs) Now you don't want too many, you know, one, two, three percent. But because of that, it's interesting. Because of that, it generates conversation. Because of that, everybody else wants to know why do some people hate this, right? Or why is this controversy controversial? Controversialness when it comes to naming is a big plus. It's not a negative. Unless, you know, a third or half of the people out there hate the name, you know, and then you got a problem, you have to go with a different name. But a little bit is a great thing.
0: And finally, the most difficult part of naming. And oddly, it's not about making it fun or catchy. It's something else.
1: A lot of it's just the hard work of getting it through legal. That by far is the toughest thing these days. Um, And that's often greatly undervalued by our clients. I mean, we'll, we'll present names in the decks, 150 slides. And that's typical. I mean, I'm not kidding. You know, each time we present names, it's at least 100 slides, almost always 100 slides, some cases 200, 300 slides. Wow. Well, how do you take clients through 200 slides in a name presentation? Well, you don't, you take them through six slides or eight slides. But all the other slides is all the backup legal research that we've done, all the trademark research, the state checks, the federal checks, the web research, the foreign checks, the color code names, you know, green, yellow, pink. Green being the cleanest, the least risky, yellow being probably still okay, but there's a little bit higher degree of risk, and pink being pretty risky, you might be able to use, you might not. Well, clients never, hardly ever, care about all those other pages, initially. <laughs> but before they're done, they're lawyers, you know, look at that stuff or do their own searches, it's just hugely important. Mm-hmm. But you can't lead with it, especially for folks that haven't gone through the process before because so they don't understand how challenging the legal piece is. Now, the people that understand it, they love the fact we do that. I mean, we win business from our competitors because we do the trademark searches before they ever see the names, and we yeah. will not present a name to a client if we think it's off the table. And so we end up throwing away most of the great names we come up with because someone else has already got them. And that's okay, I mean it's frustrating, and it takes more time, and it costs more money. But in the end, it saves the clients a lot of frustration, a lot of headache, and a lot of money, because at least they know that they're being presented with names that have a much higher likelihood of making it through their legal final scrutiny. And, and that's tough, and it's tough to explain people that have never gone through this process before how important that is. And so usually we don't oversell it up front, but before we're done, they recognize how much value that provided, I think.
0: Ah, trademark law. That's the topic we'll be covering next week on Name Changers. Name Changers is made in association with Namestormers, a naming agency in Austin, Texas. You can find out more about them at namestormers.com. Some music used in this episode included Sincerely by Kevin MacLeod. Special thanks this week to Catherine Law. I'm James. We'll see you next week.